This is the Make It Happen podcast, a show for all of you big-hearted creatives who are ready to make things happen in your work and your life on your own terms, in your own way, and by your own world. I'm your host, Jen Carrington, a creative coach based in England, and you are listening to the third episode of Season 3. So today's guest is a returning guest from season two. Paige Poppy was on the show last season alongside the awesome Asia Crozen. And I'll link to that episode in the show notes if you haven't already listened to it. And today she is back on the show to talk all about how she makes things happen on her own terms in her creative work and life. Paige is a painter, illustrator, and designer based in Scottsdale, Arizona. And we have a great chat about her routine and her business and pretty much everything in her creative life. Let's jump on in. Hello, Paige. Welcome back to the show. Hello, Jen. Thank you for having me. It's always fun to talk to you. I know. I'm I'm going to link in the show notes to our episode from last season and link to the show we did together on Space to Face as well, so people can listen to that. Yeah. (laughs) So I feel like you are this like this person who does like you do a lot of podcast interviews and like like people probably already know who you are because you do such cool things. But for anyone listening who is like who's Paige, do you want to fill them in a little bit on who you are, what you do, and a little bit of your story and journey so far? So my name is Paige Poppy and I'm an artist and I mainly work in watercolor and acrylic and I currently live in Scottsdale, Arizona and I'm an Arizona native. So um, I'm home at the moment and I just love being here because the Sonoran Desert is my biggest inspiration. So I am really inspired by the different botanical plants here as well as the whole desert landscape really. Um, so my main work that I have is, um, all under my name. So I work under my own name, just Paige Poppy everywhere. And I sell prints and original paintings. And then I have a lot of different products too, which have been really fun in the new venture. And I have like a back to school collection I just released and I have mugs. So that's been really fun to like create these own collections for myself. Um, and then I also do commissions, of course, which most artists do. Well, not art, not all artists do, but um, most. And then um, I basically love adding like a hand-painted touch to anything I do. So I really love working analog, which has made me explore doing logos and branding work for clients. And then um, I'll also do wedding suites, which has become a new obsession of mine. And it's basically one of my main concentrations for fall just because it is um wedding season coming up here like in Arizona it's so hot that no one's getting married right now but um I've been doing that and I've been lucky enough to get these brides who want like pink and orange and green cacti for their wedding invitations (laughs) so we are a perfect match um so I'm basically rotating between all kinds of projects and a little bit about my story as well Um, is that I graduated from architecture school last summer, so June of 2015, and I got my Bachelor of Architecture from Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, and definitely my life has taken a different path because I'm not a practicing architectural designer, but I always say that my education there has been really crucial to what I do now because I was so well-versed in like the Adobe Creative Suite, which is how you do Photoshop and InDesign. And um, basically the skills I learned are invaluable there and they've enabled me to do a lot of things on my own. So like create marketing materials and design my business cards and, you know, product design, you have to lay out the files and 
all of that has contributed to my career as an artist now. So I'm so grateful for it. And I don't see them as really two different things. But um, I started my business while I was in school. And I always hoped I could take it full time after graduating and being able to do that within the first year was um, mind blowing to me. Jen and I were talking about that before we jumped on the call. So I'm really grateful to do it now. And it's so fun just to kind of like create this little world for myself uh, with my art. I'm like your biggest Instagram stalker. I love keeping up with what you're doing. And I feel like your work is, it's like, it's not repetitive and it's really cool and it's really fun, but you can always tell what is a page poppy piece of work, if that makes sense. Oh my gosh. Like, thank you. <laughs> that means a lot I to love- me because like cacti have become a really big trend and I was so inspired by them and then it became this trend. And so I'm always like, okay, I hope I'm still original. Because I obviously we spoke like, God, like I can't even remember how many times we've like caught up now. And it's like, I can feel like you and your work. I feel like once you get to know you as well, it's like, oh, that's like, that's Paige's work. But then it's so funny because like, whenever we've done like video calls, you've got like your piercings and like your band tees and it's just like, (laughs) you're like colorful in your work. And then in real life, you're like, like a bit like a cool person. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it's so funny. Like I always say I should dress more like, um super colorful like Lisa Frank or something but I still there's still like I still kind of like neutrals I think that's left over from architecture school I say this as I'm wearing like a brightly patterned Adidas t-shirt that has like birds (laughs) all over it but um I was gonna say too I'm really flattered that you Instagram stalk me because I know you're not a big Instagrammer no and like I have some people who I just love to like keep up with and you're one of them mainly because I just want to live where you live because it looks beautiful and like I told you we had flood warnings today in the middle of August yeah England's not it's just not a place to summer but um but no I love I love what you do everyone's got to go check it out and so this season of the show everyone listen if you've been listening to some episodes of this season so far it's all kind of about how people who I see online doing really cool things I'm basically being really selfish and I just want to use this season to find out how they make things happen on their own terms in the hope that it also encourages you to just know you can kind of do whatever the hell you want and I mean like Paige had the cool like Paige turned her business full-time within a year of graduating isn't that the dream that's awesome like that is that is awesome. And so I would love to know what, and, and you kind of dig into this, but I would love to know first and foremost, like what does a typical workload look like for you each week? What are you kind of, when, when we're talking about you making things happen, what do you actually have to make happen each week? Totally. Okay. So I'm actually sitting here in my home studio and I actually keep it visually in a list on my wall because, um, that's how I can keep track of it. So, um, Funny enough, I used to do a lot of skateboard art and I don't always do it, but this week I'm finishing up one longboard painting for a client. So that one's about halfway done. Um, I have three more skateboard decks that I'm working on in a trio for a client as well. I'm doing um, a watercolor commission of tulips, which is fun. So I always like to do botanicals and... um, Let's see. I am. I like almost this week alone. I'm like kind of blown away by the amount of projects um, that are going on. So if you think I'm crazy, I'm agreeing with you right now. Um, <laughs> I'm currently designing a label for a cold brew coffee company that's local. So I've been working um, pretty closely with the two owners, and we're finalizing their design. So it's a really beautiful watercolor poppy design. And then um, basically the rest of my week, I do have meetings with new clients and I'm about to start a 
wedding suite for a new bride who's getting married at this beautiful venue here in Arizona. And the whole theme is kind of sunsets. Um, and we're actually using a lot of my existing paintings because we're on more of a time crunch because her wedding is coming up quicker. So I'll be designing her whole wedding suite and doing the lettering and all of the layout and printing it. So that's like a big project for the week. And um, okay, last thing, which is crazy. Um, I'm also prepping on Labor Day. So about 15, about two weeks from now, 15 days, um, there's a new type of event here called the Mary Mart. And it's basically a bridal show, but with small business local vendors. So it kind of has an edgy vibe. And I just think it's a really cool new concept. So I'm going to be showing my work there. And oh, that's awesome. it's good. Yeah, it should be really fun. And so I don't know how familiar you are with like styled shoots also where basically like creatives come up with a theme and they do this whole styled photo shoot almost like a real wedding, but it's fake. Like everyone is just um, every vendor is just showing off what they can do. So I'm simultaneously prepping for that wedding show. So I want to have a lot of variety of work to show of all my wedding suites that I offer. So I'm prepping for that. And then I'm like doing a new suite for the styled shoot. Um, and it's kind of like a desert boho, like free people kind of vibe. So um, I feel like that was a lot of talking, but it's a good way for me to describe like how much things I balance at one time. <laughs> this is going to be the perfect episode because how, if anyone listening right now who's like, how the hell does she do all that? Hopefully all the questions will get a clear picture because I'm like, oh my God, Paige, that sounds like a lot of work, but you sound so excited about it. You're not like, oh my God, I've got all this work. You just sound like pumped about all the work you've got going. Yeah. And I will say like one way that I'm managing it all is like, you can, you can hear from the different project lists. Like some of it is very analog hands-on painting that I need to do, but some of it is digital work. And then some of it is in-person meetings with clients. So like the wedding suites, a lot of it is like laying it out on the computer and something I've learned about myself is I like to be able to rotate what I'm doing throughout the day, which I think is kind of why I've had an interest in doing um, like photographing my products or making a lot of videos because I don't necessarily want to paint for eight hours a day because I like to bounce around what I'm doing. And a lot of times I'm waiting for paint to dry. So I really like that I can spend two hours painting and take some time to make a video and edit it and then come back. So you'll just notice there's a variety in the type of product projects I'm doing. And that kind of helps me stay excited about all of them. Oh, that's so awesome. So, so my first question, it's like really boring, but I think this helps people get a good picture. So are you, do you like kind of adopt nine to five, a nine to five work week, or do you kind of switch it up and just do something totally different? Are you like a Monday to Friday girl or you switch it up? I kind of am mostly because um, the majority of the people in my life are nine to five people. So I want to work when they're working so that when they're not working, I can spend time with them. Um, so I moved in with my boyfriend in May and I want to be able to have my computer shut and spend time with him when he gets home at like five or six o'clock. So I try, but then again, he is studying for the GRE right now for chemistry. He wants to get his PhD. So he'll also have times where um, he also has a desk in uh, the studio here. So he'll have times where we're working together. Um, 
And I can always find some little thing to work on that's fun, even if it's not client work. Like I'll do a little watercolor or illustration or something. So I'm I'm flexible. Like I like to go outside the boundaries of work. Um, this weekend, for example, I had a meeting on a Saturday just because uh, a lot of my clients aren't self-employed. So that's when they're able to meet. And like I want to be uh, gracious to that for them. And kind of like do what's necessary. So um, I have found that like being strict with myself and being like, you're only going to work nine to five Monday through Friday uh, kind of limits me. But I just try to maintain a good balance and not like slave away for the weekend and just like fit in a meeting here and there, you know? I totally get that. Like I work every other Saturday because like you, I, I have to honor my client schedules because some people with the time zones or with day jobs. And then I totally get like when you like, especially when you like live with someone else who maybe have like a different schedule. Like I say, Alex has got to be up for work at like 4 a.m. I'll get up with him and he's like, you're crazy. But I'm like, yeah, but life's easier if we're on the same sleep schedule. Yeah. I want to be sleepy at nine o'clock when you're sleepy because... <laughs> if not was like living like crazy separate lives so I totally get that and it's like you say like you can just navigate it if like a weekend meeting comes up it's like oh I'm working half a Saturday that's cool because maybe next weekend I'll go for a bike ride or something yeah I'm I'm casual about it and um you know if I really want to make sure I have that weekend set aside like you said you just book it out in advance or something so that's that's interesting to know because I didn't know you worked on a Saturdays occasionally that's cool yeah every other Saturday and like sometimes like sometimes I'm like oh but then it's like but then I take Mondays off most of like a lot of the times I take Mondays off and I I usually take Fridays off like a lot of the time I only do a half day so it's like I hate going out on the weekends because it's so busy and all the kids are outside (laughs) oh my gosh yeah so like I usually so yeah it's just making most most of the freedoms that we've got and just I always think like it's just rolling with the punches as they come totally and I should have said that too because that's really similar to what I do on Fridays. I'm usually stopping work by two. And then um, Mondays, I'm the same way. I don't usually take it off, but I try to do a lot of things face to face with people or like out of the house. So today I have three more meetings and I like it because it eases me into the week um, and kind of like gets my brain going again, but I'm not like swamped and like stressed out kind of. So I kind of get that done at the beginning of the week. Yeah, no, I love that. So you mentioned earlier all these things that you have to manage. And I honestly have no idea how you do it without having like a room full of post-it notes, unless that, what, that is what you do do. But so for you to stay organized and to meet all your deadlines, to not feel like you're going crazy, what are like your go-to, whether it's like tools or notepads or whatever, like what keeps you organized in your business? Sure. So I'll do a mix of analog and digital. And um, the first thing, which I said was my project wall over here, Um, I have basically just a sheet of printer paper and I have five of them right now. Sometimes I have seven, (laughs) but I have one that says current clients, one that says other jobs. So it's basically more like prepping for that bridal show is not really a client, but it's something I have to do. Um, I have my wholesale clients because, um, I have to have product on hand for them And then I have one that says personal products and projects because it's the kind of thing that I'm usually working on in the background, but I can pick it up when I have like the time to. And then I have one that says ideas and it's basically a whole list of future collections that I want to do. And I have to keep that running for myself because I'll forget, but I have a lot of ideas and um, put that down there. And then sometimes I'll have two more papers that will show me like the current inventories of what I have in stock as far as products go. 
but I need to update those. And um, I do use Google Calendar, which Asia really turned me on to uh, once I met her. That's my friend Asia, who's a photographer that's been on the show before. <laughs> um, but Google Calendar is awesome because I think everyone talks about this, but it does the thing where like if I schedule it, I have to do it. So like I schedule my workouts or I'm able to tell clients like, hey, I'm not working this day. So I do use Calendly to schedule with clients, um, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. Like basically you send the link and then they can see when you're available. So there's not a lot of back and forth. Jen uses that too. Um, and then I also really like this newer tool that I've used probably in the last three to four months called Dubsado. And I think a lot of people in the small business community have adopted it, but I'm able to track my leads and my current jobs through there. And I can like move a lead over to a job and then I can invoice within there. I can save the person's contract. And then, um, oh, what else can I do? You can even email through there, but I haven't tried that yet. But that kind of keeps me really focused also because I just have a little online dashboard where I can see everything. Um, and the client stuff is really the most important thing for me to keep track of because those are people who are waiting on a deadline or are waiting to hear back from me on a regular basis. So I like to make sure that they are given enough attention. So um, I also have a paper planner. So I really do a mix of online and digital. I like, I honestly, like the last two weeks, I realize how crazy I sound when I talk, but it, it works for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes complete sense. Like, you know, like when people do like blog posts and they're like, here's how to stay organized in your business. I'm like, I've never met anyone who who's organized, like routine looks the same as anybody else's because everyone's got like, we've all got our weird quirks that we've had ever since we tried to manage like a homework in high school. Totally. Like, like we, it's, it's funny to like do a blog and say like, this is going to work for everyone, you know? Yeah. Like everyone, I never met anyone who like doesn't do things in different ways. And we all probably sound crazy because someone else is like, how do you do that? I need to do this. So it's just, no, it's real. But I think it's really fun to hear how other people manage it. And Dubsado, like I remember once Asia jumped on a coaching call and she was like, Dad, I found it. Is it Asia who introduced you to it? Because she's like, I remember her being like, Dubsado, she was telling me all about it. So that sounds like a really cool tool. It is great. And it's only it's $12 a month. It's like really affordable. And, um, they had originally designed, designed it just for photographers, but they realized it could be useful to everyone. And I really enjoy it. And I could even push how hard I use it. So, um, I've been watching some of their tutorials and stuff to really get a hold on it, but it's a cool tool. That's awesome. I'll link it to the show notes so people can check it out. So now I'm going to ask you the most like internet question that I could ask someone but I think it's a fun one but what is your like go-to morning routine like like what's like your ideal morning routine like your Instagram worthy routine and then does that actually match up with what your most of your mornings look like if that makes sense sure okay so um I was thinking that I was glad we recorded when we did because I've had a little bit more time to work on my morning routine and it's been an adjustment um since moving in with my boyfriend but he wakes up pretty early because he's trying to study in the daytime more than the nighttime. So he's waking up at like 5.30, which is pretty early. And he doesn't have to leave for work until like 8.30 or 9. So we have some days that are really good where we wake up and we're hanging out in the kitchen together making coffee. And it's really just like we're spending time together talking and not on our phones which is nice. Like I try to like detox from digital whenever I can. Um, 
and that's partly why I like analog so much because it's just um, more stimulating to your brain, in my opinion. So we try to have some morning time together and then come into the office here together and he'll study. And that's a good time for me to do emails because I found that like if I try to do emails later in the day, it's rough for me. And then that's a good morning in my opinion. And then he leaves for work and then I kind of get deeper into the projects. And I also will usually ship um, orders in the morning as well because I get it out of the way. And something about like having those sitting, uh, waiting to be shipped, um, like it stresses me out if I don't just like send them right away. So that'll be typical morning also. And um, I wish I was a exercise in the morning person, but I usually do it like around 11. So that's kind of morning, but that would be ideal. It doesn't always happen. Um, I was thinking about this question actually, cause I, I thought you might ask it <laughs> and rather than saying like, Oh, I do something some days. I thought I would say like a couple things that I do every day is part of my routine that always get done. So one thing I always do, and sometimes it's the first thing I do is track my finances. And I, it's really important to me that I do it every day and I'm kind of getting into manifesting money and I I kind of do it not in a super strict practice but I really like to see what went in and what went out each day and it really helps me stay focused on any financial goals or just to keep track of things and make sure there's no errors so that's something I do every day and then I always make a to-do list every day in my paper planner, which helps me stay on track. And those two things, I'm really lost if I don't do them. But as long as those two things are done, if my day goes any other random direction, it's fine. It's, it's, it's just like these anchors that we need in the morning, isn't it? And I look, it sounds like you've got a really good groove of, of what works for you. I feel like I've tried, I've been like, what, doing this for like 18 months now? Like, so I've been like working from, I've been like probably like at home. I've not had like a normal day job in like two and a half years, but I've been doing like the coaching business for like 18 months. And I still don't have that like dreamy morning routine, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I kind of just like, it changes with the seasons as well. And what I like to do in winter is so different to what I like to do in the summer. And you would think or, that like, we would have it down and it would be like an important thing to us. But it's just, I wonder if it's because we all tend to work from our intuition more. So we just do really what feels good that day, you know? Exactly. It's like, like the week, like the week I'm PMSing is going to look wildly different <laughs> to like, a normal week that's the week when I'm like having the most like ridiculous breakfast and taking it like watching Gilmore Girls while I eat it and then other days I'm gonna like listen to my audiobook and do some journaling so it's like it's totally different I think you're right intuition this is what I'm getting this is what I personally believe and this is what I'm getting from all these interviews so far is like the most fulfilled productive joyful successful happy creatives lead from their intuition more than anything else when it comes to how they navigate their business and their life definitely because you're the decision maker and I think it was even your last episode, maybe it was it was a mini-sode, maybe it was two mini-sodes ago, but you talked about how you really have so much control over like the seasons in your business too. Like you have maybe some inevitable busy seasons, but when you're slower, like you really get to decide like, okay, do I want to be coaching right now or do I want to only focus on the podcast? And being able to do that is probably the biggest highlight to being your own boss because if you worked 
for someone else, you really have to do what they're telling you to do. Exactly. Everything you do with your like time fuels your own goals and vision and dreams. And that's awesome. Yeah. That is. I mean, I've, I always wonder if people who like don't work for themselves listen to like any podcast like this and they're like, oh, please shut the hell up about your dreamy lives. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm, I totally feel that because like I know that a lot of people who follow me or like even my friends who watch my account, they're probably like my Snapchat, for example, they're probably like, oh, stuff it. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, your life is so hard or like, yeah, it's dreamy. Like we get it, you know? Yeah. And then you just have to like shake it off because you're just like, well, this is what feels like the most authentic version of like showing up yeah. in my work looks like right now. Yeah. You just got to kind of feel good about it. So you kind of mentioned this, how you like do your workout around like 11 o'clock. So how do you structure your days? Are you like, do you fit in breaks? Do you fit like, are you one of those people who can kind of like work, take a little break, then get back to work? Or do you need to be like tunnel vision for a few hours? What kind of, how do you structure those days? Oh my gosh. So I'm like, I need tunnel vision with myself. Like as long as I don't have like a meeting. So if I have like six hours to just do whatever I want to, that's really good for me. And I can take my own breaks. But if one of the breaks involves like getting out and meeting someone that kind of throws me off. So I do like to give myself like big chunks of time. And I've even started having days like Thursdays, for example, I won't do any meetings. In my business, I don't really need to have a meeting every day. So usually I get a large time for myself. Um, As far as breaks go, since it's the summer right now, it's really too hot to be outside in Arizona. But Um, I was so good. I used to do like two bike rides in the middle of the day, just like really short five, 10, 15, 20 minute ones. And that was so good for me. Like I felt so stimulated and just like getting some sun was so good. And I'm a little bit cabin fevery at the moment because I can't get that. Um, sometimes I'll actually walk out to the pool and get some sun. (laughs) Um, and then Workouts are a little bit different. Um, Most weeks, I only work out twice a week because I do weight training with a personal trainer. And it really wears me out like because it's so hard that I'm tired um, in the afternoon. Uh, So one of them is on Fridays. And then I'm uh, pretty tired after that. But I stop working. So it's not a big deal. Uh, But Tuesdays, I work out with her. And then I'm pretty worn out. So I try to just stay home and have like Skype calls or just like work on my computer because I almost like can't even move around that much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'm like definitely fine with taking breaks. Like even just going to grab a coffee is a break for me or like going to the post office and then like a coffee shop is like a change of scenery. So um, I just do what feels good. It's like all about that intuition thing, I guess. Yeah. And this isn't good to the next one. So I know you have your at home studio. So like, like describe to us what your at home studio is like and tell us kind of what, yeah, just like, do you always work in your studio or do you ever take it to the desk or the kitchen table? Sure. Yeah. So I work at the kitchen table a lot because, um, so we have a condo and when you walk in, it's a lofted space. So the ceilings are very tall and I love being in that open bright environment I'm like the biggest fan of daylighting so I'll work at the kitchen table a lot um actually last week I think it was or maybe the week before I worked only in the kitchen for the whole week just because my studio was a mess and I had a lot of basically catch-up work to do um and it was a lot of computer work so I just worked out there um my home studio is Prob- it's like 11 feet by nine feet. So it's not massive, but it's big enough. 
And I have two desks and one is kind of like a computer desk or like smaller painting desk. And the other one behind me is larger and like messier. So I can paint on that one and I can ship orders on that one. Um, I have a whole wall of art supplies in drawers and then that's where my project wall is. And then I have a closet behind me and that holds all my shipping supplies, which is like tons of bubble wrap and boxes <laughs> and like inventory and different things, which has been really good for me to like be able to separate it into a closet. Um, so that's how the layout goes. And I also have, this is so silly, but I have a rolling chair and it like changed my life because I can roll back and forth between the three desks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like always rolling around. Like, you know, I'll like work on different projects. Like I said, I like to rotate. Um, but I work really well from home. And I don't think I've talked to you since all this happened, but I did have an art studio for three months in a part of Scottsdale. And it was a dreamy situation. I was surrounded by a bunch of other artists. I had a 10 by 10 space. Um, it was affordable and, um, it was just this really great location. It was next to my favorite coffee shop. But it was a really good learning experience for me because I realized I just really need silence and complete focus for myself. And it was a little bit distracting for me to be there. And ever since I made the decision to work at home, it's been so, um, like I've really seen the difference it's made in my business. And um, I also didn't have walls there, which sounds so silly, but I just have like an open space and just having walls to lean paintings against or like have my project wall for example like it sounds so simple but that like changed my business too so I like that I've had the opportunity to experience both and um that studio did have hours too they were like 9 a.m to 9 p.m which sound very um lenient but I do need to be able to walk in here and like print something off really quick even if it's midnight and I just get like a little burst of inspiration so I really like working from home. It's been nice. That sounds awesome that you just like have found such a good groove. Oh, it feels so good. Oh, I should have said too, like a big thing for me too is I like to style my artwork in like real life situations, like not just in the studio. So being able to like walk out and like style a painting like on a shelf or like somewhere and take photos of it has been really cool for me too. So I kind of feel like the whole house is like my workspace sometimes, um, which is fun. <laughs> That is awesome. That actually leads pretty well into the next question. So I know you mentioned earlier that on your wall, you kind of have like a project, like a personal project. Was that right? Like you had a personal project kind of mm -hmm. thing on the wall. And so how about side projects? Do you like have any passion projects that you work on? How much does that play a part in kind of like your routine? And like, what is like your favorite creative things to do that like aren't the work that pays your bills? Totally. So let me think about that. So it's interesting because I do have some passion projects. Like, for example, I just watched Stranger Things, the entire thing on Netflix. I don't know if you've watched it yet. No, Alex keeps wanting us to watch it. And I'm like, it just hasn't grabbed me. But he's like, we need to watch it. And I'm like, fine, we'll watch it at some point. <laughs> so I think you would really enjoy it. Like, as long as you watch it with someone, it's not scary. But I just thought the show was so fun. And I've been doing more illustration work. So I did a personal project that was all illustrations of different parts of the show. So like there's there's parts of the show that are kind of like iconic, like Christmas lights and like Eggo waffles. 
So I did this whole illustration for myself and it's pencil and watercolor and then I digitized it and I'm planning to like share it on social media and it's so like not within my brand really because it's not botanical or colorful or architectural even but it was just really fun and I do like being able to show that I have that skill set for clients like for a branding little illustration or something. So that's kind of something that I don't really plan to ever sell a print of it unless there's like a huge demand, I suppose. But it is something that's like with kind of outside the realm of what I do, but it's a personal project. So that's the kind of thing that um, I still like to do those because it does make me feel like I have that kind of creative freedom still within my business. That sounds so fun as well. It's fun. Just like you felt like it sounds like you fell in love with a TV show and then you were just like inspired to like do something cool with it. And like you said, it's like it's reminding yourself, like, okay, yeah, I have a lot of client briefs, which I love, but I still have a mission just to create for the sake of creating full stop. Yes, yes. And like there are definitely things I create and I wouldn't ever share them on social media, but I kind of yeah, it just kind of makes me feel like I'm like young again and I'm just like doing little doodles like at home. Oh, that sounds awesome. I can't wait to see it when you do share the Stranger Thanks. Things. Maybe I'll have watched it by then. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. So how about taking time off throughout the year? Are you like one of those, I've like met so many people who are like, I can't take time off. Or are you like one of those people who's cool of it? And what's your favorite way? Like if you were going to take a week off, what's your favorite way to spend time off from your business? So I think we all have these seasons where like for me, the holiday season, I can't really take a ton of time off. Like as far as like an extended vacation, because I do a lot of art markets around the holidays. Mm. Um, so last season I did 12, which is quite a few. And they happen like Thursdays through Sundays usually. Um, so I've already have like probably four or five booked in my calendar. So I already have these dates where I know I can't be traveling. And then of course, like Thanksgiving, Christmas, like um, you don't leave as much either. Like I, personally, I like we're usually home with family. <laughs> so um, I've actually been assessing my calendar and I think I'm going to go to San Francisco next month to visit a bunch of my friends who live there. Like all my college friends live there. So I do my best to travel like when I know is a good time. I also took a week vacation with my family to California. Um, so as far as what vacations look like for me, sometimes they're super do nothing relaxing. Like especially when I go with my family, like I don't want to work when I'm with them and we just want to lay by the beach and have nothing to do. Um, San Francisco will be more about visiting with friends, but then I think I'm actually going to try and turn that into like a half work, half fun trip because they'll be free on the weekends when they're not working. But I think it would be so fun to hang out in San Francisco for a few extra days and work from coffee shops. And I'm kind of trying to, this is kind of like on that note of like you get to plan what you do in your business. Um, I'm trying to set up that week so that I'll have a lot of digital clients that I can just kind of like make tweaks to their project and like send them proofs, for example, or like send them progress shots. Um, so that's how I do it. I have yet to do like an extended like I'm gone for two weeks kind of vacation and I have been really reflecting on that a lot because I am a product-based business. So I'm used, like, if someone places an order, I don't want to be radio silent on them for two weeks. So I think maybe after all the holiday commotion, maybe in the spring, I would do kind of like a shop vacation where like people couldn't even purchase maybe 
Um, and maybe it would just be like, I would open it a few days before I got back. So it's a process <laughs> for sure. It's just figuring it out. But no, that sounds so just so fun. That sounds fun about San Francisco. Um, yeah. But no, like, I love that. This sounds great. And so um, this is actually my favorite question of the whole season so far. But where do you find the most joy in your business and creative life? Oh, wow. So for me, like, so basically any product that I put out, like a print or something I've designed is so 100% me and the vision I have. And it's super flattering that people buy those things because it's just the most authentic like what I want to put out into the world and there's no re- not really a lot of feedback um um so like, I know people like the designs but I can put it out there and it just feels so like this is what I want to create and the real magic happens for me when I get clients who come to me and they want me to do for them like exactly what I'm already doing so um for example like the wedding suites have been so dreamy for me because the clients are literally coming to me saying like, I want to put your existing paintings on my wedding suite, or I want you to do like these technicolor cacti for me. And that's just so awesome to me because I'm still doing what I love, but I'm also able to make them very happy and serve them. So it's just really special. Or even when they see a print I have and I might only have it five by seven size and they want me to do like a, you know, 20 by 30 version of it, like go very large with it. And it's so, it's so flattering to me. Like, I don't know how to describe it. And I think about it sometimes. And I'm like, that person looks at that every day in their home. And it's like, I'm, they've like welcomed me in, in a way. And it's so magical to me. I think that's the coolest thing ever. I just have like this big smile on my face right now. (laughs) That's like, that is, that must be what it's like when you like physically make things. Like we've had this, I know we've had this conversation before, like my frustration that I have no ability to ever make anything (laughs) apart from like really like bad few brownies. But like you send these things off and they're in people's homes and then people like, and the things we put in our homes make our home a home. Like you're doing that for people with your beautiful artwork. That must, and no wonder that feels so good. Especially yeah. when they've like connected with who you are as an artist. So it's not, it's not like, oh, Paige, can you tweak who you are to create what I want? It's like, we love what you do. Just do it. If that makes sense. Yes. It's the most, I can't think of another word besides flattering. It's so incredible. And I almost forget about it sometimes. And then for example, like I had a friend post a picture of my art on her Instagram and I had another friend comment and she goes, oh yes. Like I love Paige Poppy. Her entire home or our entire home is her artwork and I stopped and I thought about that and I was like she sees that every day like I I, you forget about it when you don't see your own home and that was kind of repetitive but it's it's mind-blowing guys so I'm now gonna like bum you out by asking you like the opposite and the more negative question of how about stress like what causes stress for you in your business and how do you manage it and move past it um totally let me see um in the sense that I want to be doing what I enjoy, I, I like I said, I also want the client to be happy. If they're not happy with the final product, that would really bum me out. Luckily, I haven't had it happen very often. And something I've learned is that if I can communicate with them in the beginning as much as possible, there's so much less risk for it turning out different than they want to. Um, so... For example, that's why I always try to get on the phone or Skype with someone if I can't meet them in person because 
they say things that are important to them. And I know a lot of people who aren't necessarily visual creatives can't communicate what they want very easily through typing. So if they can get on the phone with me and we start talking about it, they kind of go, oh yeah, I want that. Or I want that type of font or whatever they want. So I try to avoid it. Um, but it kind of bums me out and causes me stress if they're not totally happy. Like I had one client, for example, who did a commission with me or who, who commissioned me to do a painting and she really wanted, um, a lot of jewel tones in the Technicolor kind of painting. And I just had this tendency to pull from bright colors. So I think I did a few too many bright colors for her and it wasn't super jewel toned. And she was like, like it's hard, it's hard to put someone in that position even where they're like, Hey, this isn't really what I wanted. Cause they feel bad too. So she was like, Hey, you know, I wanted more jewel tones. So I ended up redoing the piece. She ended up being completely 100% happy, like raved about it, like wrote a testimonial for me. And then I had two paintings and I ended up selling the other one later to a couple who loves it. So it honestly like turned around really well and it just taught me to communicate well, but that causes me a little bit of stress. Like basically things that are like out of my control, like someone else's opinion, that's what can cause me stress because I'm in complete control of myself, you know? Oh God, yeah. I I'm that resonate with me so much. I t- I'm totally with you on that. And it's like the only way to move past it is to roll with it and just communicate. It's like the secret is communication. Exactly, exactly. And I'm sure you feel this way too, where maybe even like, well, maybe you don't feel this that often because you're really great at what you do, but you get off the call and you're like, okay, I, I hope that helped them. Like I'm ho- I hope that's what they needed. And for me, I'm like, I hope that I'm making exactly what they had in mind. And I've learned that you just can't even worry about it and you just have to do the best that you can do because that's really what they're coming to you for, you know? Oh God, yeah, no, I'm, I, I struggle with that like all the time. And I, th- I think it's a mix of like wanting to be the best at what you can do and also like imposter syndrome and just like self-doubt and just, oh my God, I get like that all the time. Even just like jumping on a call and I'm like, oh my God, what if I can't deliver today? And then it's like, you know, thoughts like that don't help me deliver. So it's just, I have this like mantra that I repeat to myself like before I jump on a call and it's always just like you just have to show up hold space and be there for this person and bring your best to the table you're not you don't have to be superwoman like you're not supposed to have all the and it's like for you it's like you just have to show up and make beautiful work you don't have to create something perfect because there is no such thing as perfect so it's taking that pressure off the table I find helps which sounds counterproductive because people like oh but then you're like like asking for less from yourself but I think that's actually how we tap into like a higher level when we stop trying to ask ourselves to do things that no human would be capable of no one human is a mind reader or perfect all the time if that makes sense no and this is kind of um not necessarily with like the way you deal with clients but I think of that the same way is like I can't be perfect um like I have to be 100% myself through like if I'm snapchatting or posting an Instagram picture because if I sat down And I tried to think of an Instagram picture that would perfectly appeal and make 9,000 people happy. I would never post anything. So you can't be perfect in like any realm of what you do, whether it be like client communication or just like what you're putting out into the world. Like the best thing you can do is just be yourself. And then like somehow like 9,000 people end up liking it, but they liked it because it was just you. Exactly. That is the, that is that is completely the truth and I think people we can be so afraid to like hold on to that because we're all such people pleasers but I think everything you said there is like 
especially when it comes to sharing things online like if we try and appeal to the masses we like lose our whole voice or vision in the first place yeah I love it I agree (laughs) so what motivates you in your creative journey like how do you get up and stay motivated every single day what's fueling you on a bigger on a bigger picture scale Hmm. it's been interesting because I realized last month or maybe two months ago, I had this time period in my business where I became very complacent and I think that's okay. Like I wasn't going for any huge goals and I realized it was because I was so a hundred percent content. Like all I ever wanted was to be a full-time artist and put out work that I wanted to make. And I got to a point where I was doing exactly that. And so I was like, well, what else could I do? Like, where else could I go from here? And I kind of am a very goal oriented person. So that was odd for me to be complacent in that way. Then I was like, okay, Paige, like there's, there's more things you could do. Like you could connect with even more people who are really in line with like your creative vision, or I could connect with more brands or things like that. So I kind of try to rein those things in. So that's a motivating factor for me. Um, And then uh, I also have, in another sense, um, this concept of world making. And I think I got this concept from architecture school. I mean, I know I did, but I think it's carried with me since then. And it's kind of this idea that like, for example, if you were designing a home, like you would make every detail really cohesive and like fit together. And you, if if you were going for like a fresh mid-century home, you would make every aspect of that perfect down to like the fixtures and like the furniture And I try to have this concept of world making in my own business. So I have this idea of the world I want to make. So it's, it's stationary and products and artwork that is all like colorful and botanical and like within my vision. And that is a huge motivating factor for me because I just want to make this world. So if you think of like brands that you really admire, like Kate Spade or, I don't know, shop bando or something like they have, they've created this visual world and like the messaging and the personality and the, the, the visual part of it. Like I said, like just the designs in general, they all like fit into this one sphere and you're like, Oh, that's Kate Spade. Like being Mm. able to do that for myself is really fun. And not in the sense of like, I want to be like the biggest brand and I want to be Kate Spade, but I literally want to like open my eyes and like see this like little world I've created, like in my studio or like on my Instagram feed. Uh, that's like really fun for me. <laughs> oh yeah. That is, that is so, that is so interesting. Um, and that sounds like really grounding as well you know like it's um I love what you said at the beginning about your like a season of like maybe complacency came from being so content Mm -hmm. I love that because I think about that a lot because I think I'm learning more and more like the secret is that we've got to stay hungry but we don't have to like try and reach like arbitrary markers of success just because business people are telling us to like it's okay to be content that we can still stay hungry while sitting in a place of like contentment as this is what's been going around my mind but I love I love that second thing you said I was just like wow like that motivation is bigger than like it's like for a lot of people it's like oh the money I mean for me like a lot of it's just like I just gotta put put a roof over my head and it's like the high level work that I want to do in the world is too but it just I don't know it just sounds really grounding and a great focus and like it's like um it trans- it's bigger than just like every little part of your business that you do it all leads into something really big like that I love that oh that's a really good th- thought too about it because 
I think that's important to keep in mind when I'm, when you're doing nitty gritty stuff, like obviously answering emails is not my favorite thing to do, but I try to think too, like, okay, answering this email leads me to that world making and it's part of the bigger picture. So I like that you said that also because, um, it's important to keep that in mind and like have that, I guess like the, the motivating factor too. Yeah, no. I love that. That is perfect. I'm sure like many of the visual creatives listening to that because that that like that like doesn't resonate with me because I'm like the most useless visual person. <laughs> but like I'm but like but it doesn't resonate like with me personally, but then I'm listening to that and I'm like, "Oh my god, I totally see that in other brands and I that sounds like an amazing thing to be motivated by." Like I'm like, "Why can't I be like that?" But like actually have talent visually. But um, <laughs> But no, that's awesome. Um, so I have three questions that I ask everyone this season who comes on the show. And the first one, so like people I'm inviting on this show this season as people who I'm seeing who are just like having their own path, doing their own thing and having like a crap ton of fun while they're doing it too. And a lot of the times when we're doing things on our own terms, it means we have to go against the grain a little bit. So has there ever been a time in your creative journey so far when you've had to do something that goes against the grain or against industry norms so that you can be fulfilled and fully happy in your journey? Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, I just had this one come to me. And um, it's been kind of a recent shift for me. But I think for a long time, I had to put myself into this category of a fine artist. And I felt like um, there were people who I knew who weren't selling prints of their work, they were only selling originals, and they wanted to be a fine artist, they wanted to make their work more valuable, they didn't want prints out there. And then in the same way, I felt like the messaging was very like, sophisticated and more luxury and um a lot of my friends are more like abstract artists and I'm a little bit more literal like you know there's literally a painting of a cactus or a desert and I also kind of was holding myself back and I also wasn't releasing any products so I always wanted to do mugs or phone cases or notebooks and things like that and I really wouldn't let myself because I kept telling myself I had to be this fine artist and I don't know when the shift happened, but I just started doing it. And it was the best decision I ever made. Actually, it was because I had painted on a paper coffee cup and my Instagram audience was like, please make these a printed mug. <laughs> like they, so basically my audience was like, Paige, this is what we want. Like get your, get your life together and make, offer what we're wanting. So I finally just started doing it. And I finally realized a lot of my audience is young. Like I am, they like the same things I'm already doing they want a phone case with my artwork on it. And it was just this huge realization that I didn't have to put myself into that category. And of course, there are artists out there that are doing products, but there also are a lot that I'm friends with that aren't. And being able to kind of take that step out was the best thing I ever did because people really want the products. And I realized for myself too, I can do both the fine artist side and then I can do the $50 price point and underside. And I can kind of work with both those people and they're a different type of person they're a different type of budget and being able to do both is very rewarding so I'm really glad that I had that wake-up call <laughs> wow that is awesome it feels like without that your career could have gone like a totally different direction like not in the right direction for you it really could have and I feel like it would have been not um I, I think I would have been discontent and frustrated and now maybe that's part of the reason why I am feeling so great about what I'm doing lately yeah, because you gave yourself permission to do the thing that you were supposed to do, if we, like, use that terminology. But, no, I think that's that's awesome. And I'm, like, I'm sure so many, like, creative, like, 
like artists can relate to that when you feel like you've got to put yourself in a box that is awesome and these next two questions I've actually asked you before last season but what is your biggest advice for anyone who's listening right now and they're working really hard to make things happen what would be your biggest advice to them while they're doing that I would say I would say like some I think some creatives like I think you talk about fear a lot um I think some creatives might really like I see comments from people and they're like thank you so much for inspiring me now the last thing I have to do is go finish some paintings or like now I just need to go make the art and for some reason like I feel like that creation point stops for some people and I don't know if it's because of fear or it's because of a, a time or if it's procrastination but I would just really encourage people to continue making and try to get more comfortable sharing online because I always wasn't. But um, something about putting the work out there has forced me to keep putting the work out there because now people have an expectation from you that you're going to keep creating. And I think the only way to evolve specifically as an artist, but also as a creative is to keep making the work. And even if what you first put out is really ugly, like in two years, you'll be really happy with what you did. Like my work now is so different than what it was two years ago. It's almost a complete 180. So I would just encourage people to continue putting out the content and the work as long as it's for themselves and not like for the pressure of like, I have to do a blog post a week. But I would just encourage people to keep putting it out there because I think it's the only way you can evolve and grow. I love that. I couldn't agree more. That is perfect. And the last question is, what are you hoping to make happen in this season of your life? And how can we keep in touch and follow along with what you're up to online? Oh, sure. So um, I'm really looking forward to the holidays because it tends to be a busy time and it, it gives me an opportunity to share my work with more people. Um, and I think I would probably be releasing more designs in the fall, kind of like more products and um, collect a collection then. So it's kind of an interesting time for us to talk because coming up on the holidays, it's more so like me just like putting in the hours and like making sure I do everything and I show up. Um, and then the spring I'll get to do some more fun projects, but basically for me, it'll be just like keeping steady on what's going. And then if anyone wants to keep up with me, um, you can find me on online and it's page poppy. Uh, it's P-A-I-G-E-P-O-P-P-E. So it's like the flower, but with an E. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm online at pagepoppy.com. I'm on Instagram and Snapchat at pagepoppy. And I also am on YouTube, but I put all of my videos on my blog. And I create pretty regular videos, um, at least one a week. So you can keep up with me in all those places. And all of the visual platforms are my favorite. Oh my God, Paige, thank you so much for taking the time to come do today. This has been an absolute, you're my last like piece of work for the day and it's been a joy to just catch up with you and just, yeah, hear all your insights and all these questions. Oh, I'm so glad and you're always so sweet and I love talking to you because like you understand what I'm talking about <laughs> and I think you've created a community of people too who just get it. So I'm always happy to share with you. So thank you for having me. And there we have it, the third full episode of season three. If you head on over to makeithappenpodcast.com, you can find the show notes and links to where you can find Paige online. And we'll be taking a week off next week while I'm on holiday, but check back in a week on Monday for a new mini episode and then the Thursday for a new full episode. Until next time, I hope you have an awesome day ahead.